Welcome to the Life After Swim podcast. I'm so excited to be here with Ellen. She's a registered dietitian student. She has her master's in nutrition. She's finished up with her coursework and now she's going on to clinicals and she'll be an, an official registered dietitian in May. We're so excited to have you, Ellen. How are you doing? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm good. Yeah, I'm so excited to be talking with a former swimmer. Yeah, we were talking before, like, you heard the episode with Sabrina, how she tore her labrum, and that was like super yeah. for you. I literally had a doctor's appointment yesterday um, for my shoulder labrum. So when I listened to that, I was like, okay, it's not just me. Like a lot of people, unfortunately, this happens too. But yeah, it's the unfortunate truth for, for swimmers. <laughs> yeah. You, so you're going to school for um, being a registered dietitian. Is that something you knew you always wanted to do? Or what kind of drew you to this field? Yeah, so I, I definitely didn't know I always wanted to be a dietitian. Um, I've always been kind of like a quote unquote, like foodie. Um, I've always like loved cooking. Um, but I always thought I wanted to be a physical therapist um, up until my senior year of college. So my undergrad degree is actually in exercise science pre physical therapy. So I have all the prereqs to go to PT school. Um, but after swimming ended, I kind of was hit with like this big identity crisis. I was like, who am I? What do I want to be? Like, what am I doing? And I just realized like, this is not the profession I want to go in. I really like aspects of it, but I think that dietetics is more for me. So uh, the week after conference ended, I like locked myself in my room. I scheduled all these interviews with different grad schools and yeah, I don't know how um, I made it happen. And I've never looked back. So I love, I love the field I'm in, but yeah, definitely. Um, it's okay to switch your major, even if it's senior year. <laughs> that that's, takes so much courage because I have so much respect for And I was lucky because, um, my like exercise science pre-PT really was similar, um, prereq wise for grad school and nutrition, but for people that go from like business to like nursing or something like mad respect, like I don't, that's so hard, but I mean, if it's what you want to do, then yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned you're a foodie and I actually, we, we were going to start with the magic yeah. soup review. We <laughs> have to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. We were just saying like, I'm jealous of you, like Florida, warm weather, whatever, but here, so I'm in Cincinnati and we go through every season. That's kind of what we're known for like hard. So it'll be freezing. And then the next day it'll be 62. It snowed the other day. And then the next day I was running in a tank top. Like you just don't know. So it was really cold last week. And so I created the soup recipe and I told my roommate, I was like, what do I even call this? Like, it's just, there's vegetables in it. So, but then there's turkey bacon, but then it's kind of creamy. But then, and she was like, I don't know, just make something up. And I was like, I'm going to call it magic soup. Um, so yeah, it doesn't do anything special. It's not like anything crazy, but it's just so good to like curl up with. And it's such an easy meal prep, but it is the best like crock pot meals are my favorite so it's yeah. so easy to make I when I saw like the coconut milk I was like a little hesitant because it was yeah, like a different color, right I guess the sweet potatoes I had faith at the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know I know I and mean, then you taste it and you're like oh it all makes sense like it's so good <laughs> I actually added croutons I don't know if that's just like me yeah. for texture so <laughs> yeah like tortilla strips would be good too oh yeah I love that I love mixing it up that is from like hours and hours of watching the Food Network. Yeah, honestly, like chopped or like that makes me go back to like swim meets, like being in a hotel, like watching chopped or like 
shows like that, like with your, with your teammates before like the next session or something. Yeah. Have you always been into recipe developing or this like a passion that you developed recently? Yeah. So I actually love when people ask me this because I think like going back to just being an athlete, like you kind of, it's all consuming. Like you go to school and you swim and you lift and you sleep and you eat. And like, that's all you have time for. And it's really hard to do that all well while having like a social life. And so I just kind of always told myself, like, I'm not creative. Like, what are you? I'm not, I'm an athlete. Like, and I go to school and I work really hard and I try to sleep and have fun with friends when I can, but like, yeah, I'm not creative. Like I'm not artsy at all. And then when swimming ended, like you have all this extra time on your hands. And I had a few months before graduation and swimming was over. And that's when I got super into cooking because I had the time. Um, And I just had fun making things for my roommates, um, like getting on Pinterest, just making things that were fun to make things that tasted good, things that I didn't have time to make in season. And that's kind of where it started. So it was actually like the month after conference, I was like, you guys, I'm gonna make a food blog. And my roommates were so sweet. They were like, okay, we'll support it. Like, we'll help you. And they like brought out like their lamps, I remember from their bedrooms and were like trying to give me good lighting. And it was like, oh God, I've come a long way. It was so bad, but they were so supportive. Um, but yeah, so I guess like three years ago, I started to get into it and it's just, it's kind of a fun creative outlet. And I think it's just a fun way to, you know, have a new hobby, like after swimming ended. Wrote down intuitive cooking because like in one of your recipes, you say like, there's no like needed, like yeah. you don't need this many tablespoons or this. So is that something you kind of do in your cooking? I think that's so unique. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it is fun for me personally to sometimes like have a set recipe that is reliable and you know, it's going to taste good. It comes from someone, like I just said, like reliable, you know, it's good. You know, it's going to turn out good. Like that's a good feeling because I hate when you make something and then you're like, okay, this is literally disgusting. And I just spent like so much money on this and so much time. My kitchen is a disaster and it's bad. Like that just turns you away from cooking. But so that's fun sometimes to do when you like really go all out and it's good. But I also like recipes that you really can't mess up. Like if you add, let's say a quarter cup more carrots than me in that soup, like it's going to be okay. It's still going to taste good, you know? So I I really like recipes like that. I think it's practical. I think it's sustainable for the everyday person. I think it saves time. You don't have to wash as many dishes. Um, I hate, like, I hate dishes. And so I'm in our apartment. I cook. My roommate cleans. God bless her. She's the best. But I just think it's so fun when you're like, okay, we're going to add a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, throw in some carrots, and you don't have to worry. Like, you know, it's going to still taste good. So I, that's kind of like the way I cook. And I think if you're new to cooking and meal prepping, that's hard because um, you do, especially being a former athlete, like you want to plan, you like structure, you want it to be good. But I think the more you get into it, the more you realize like, okay, it's going to be okay. Um, now I will say if you're like baking or something, that's more of a science and like, you can't just like not measure your baking soda and baking powder. Um, but for like dinner recipes and like meal prep by the week, I just... Yeah, I don't measure a thing. <laughs> so that's how I like to cook. That's how I am too. And I, I love that because I feel like the specificness, that kind of drew me away when I was at first because I'd be like, oh, this is boring. I don't want to put this much. Like I would go with my gut. Right. So. right. And like, what if like you like bacon more than me and you want to add more of that in the soup? Then like, that's totally okay. Like go for it. And I just think 
that's when you can kind of get like creative in the kitchen and it's more fun. Right. And you, so you've been through grad school for a few years now. Is there like a method or kind of any advice you have for people going through grad school that are kind of busy and, but still want to cook? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, grad school took me two years to do the coursework and then technically two and a half with my thesis. Um, so definitely have experience there, but I also was a graduate assistant in UC athletics. And so I would help athletes come up with like plans for meal prep. And I was so lucky. I got to work in this like beautiful food lab and teach them how to cook. Um, and it was so much fun, but the biggest thing we would talk about is having a plan. So a lot of times like former athletes, they love, or current athletes, they love structure. They love plans. They like to have a routine. Um, and you don't have to go crazy with it, but just maybe I always suggest researching um, at whatever grocery store you go to, to see like what's on sale. So for example, I go to Kroger and this week I know that the sales come out on Wednesdays. So a, like two second Google search told me that like potatoes and ground Turkey were on sale. And I was like, cool. Like, what can I make with that? And if you're new to cooking, like simply typing that on Pinterest or even Google, you can just figure out a recipe that can work with those ingredients. So like I made shepherd's pie. So I took like potatoes and my ground Turkey and some corn and green beans and like layered it. And it took me, I'm not kidding, 30 minutes and I have dinner for the whole week. So, and it's so, so cheap. Um, so I think just having a plan, figuring out what's on sale, um, especially if you're trying to be budget friendly is key. And then my second piece of advice would be to match your schedule with your meal prep. So like if you're someone that is working out at 6am and then you have to get to the office by like eight, you're not going to have time to eat like scrambled eggs and toast in the car. Like that is going to be a disaster. Um, And I see people online sometimes with like these beautiful breakfast spreads and like they're super pretty layout on their work from home desk. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But that's just like not my life. Um, And that's okay. So I have to go for the overnight oats in a mason jar route, or I need to do a smoothie in a Tervis cup with a lid so that like, when I'm breaking in traffic, it doesn't get all over me. So I think it's just really important that you pay attention to your schedule for that week when deciding what you're going to meal prep. Um, Because if you don't, you're going to be so tempted to eat out And then you've spent money on groceries and eating out. And I think a lot of frustration comes with that. Um, And then my last piece of advice, I think, would just be to utilize your friends. Like I send group texts sometimes to my former teammates. And I'm like, have you guys had anything good for dinner lately? Like I'm so burned out on my favorite recipes. And they always send links and they're like, oh, my mom just made this or um, try this. And then you're like, oh, okay. Like, and you're set for a while. Um, This is so nerdy. But you can rent so many cookbooks from your library. And I sound like I'm like 80 years old, but it's free. And then like, if it's a good cookbook, you, you know, can read through it, scan it, write it down and then return it. Um, Pinterest, food bloggers on Instagram. Like there are just so many resources. And I think that helps you like really get excited about cooking. I think there's such a, so many good points you made, but I wrote down on the go meals because that was kind of how it was in swimming. And like, like life doesn't get any less busy after swimming ends. You kind of need to be flexible. Yes. No, that is so true. Like life does not get any less busy. And I think that's such a misconception. Everyone's like when swimming ends, like I'm going to have so much time, but because we are the way that we are, um, we're all kind of programmed similarly in that we like structure and routine. And that's just what we thrive off of. Like you probably are going to fill your time. Like I, 
I don't have to swim for three hours a day and lift and do all those things anymore. But somehow I'm still busy from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. And I know that you are too. So that's just kind of our life and how it is. And so I think it's just important to, yeah, like pay attention to your schedule when you meal prep. So did you like, when you like finished swimming, did you like notice any lifestyle changes or like changes in nutrition? Yeah. So I actually ran a half marathon right when swimming ended. My former teammates and I were like, you know what? Like we don't want to swim anymore, but we still want to work out together while we can. So we had this goal of doing a half marathon. So my eating habits didn't really have to change. They honestly stayed the same because I was running so much and I was still lifting and doing injury prevention type of things. Um, So that looking back, that kind of prolonged my need to really think about the transition and think about what changes I was going to make. Um, And that came with, you know, it's good and bad. Um, and then that summer, even grad school hadn't started. So I still was swimming all the time. I love swimming outside. So I was able to do that. I was running, I was cycling. I was, I mean, I had the time. And so that also prolonged, you know, we call it the transition from um, sport to life after sport. And then when grad school started, that's when I was kind of hit in the face with the transition. And it was like, okay, you have to deal with this. Like you're in grad school. I don't have time to work out that much anymore. I do not have time to cook as much as I did. Like I need to change my recipes. I need to change the amount of time I work out. So maybe doing shorter, more effective workouts. And that really was a hard pill to swallow, especially for a collegiate athlete. I think it's just, you think that working out for three hours a day is the only way to go. And that's just so not true. I go to cycle bar sometimes for 30 minutes spin classes and I leave drenched in sweat. I'm exhausted. And that's all I do that day. And that's all I have time for. But you know, I know that it was still an effective workout. And I think just coming to terms with that is hard for a lot of people. But it's, I think giving yourself grace, um, figuring out what works for you. And then just really finding what you enjoy. So I, I loved running for a little bit that ended. Um, I started cycling. And now I love that. And if that changes, I'll find something else. But I think just kind of like with food, like eating what you love, like it's the same with working out. Like if I, if I don't, if I'm really dreading going to a workout class, like I'm not going to try very hard. I'm not going to want to go the next week, but I love going to cycle bar and I know people there and my roommate goes. And so I think that's the key is just trying so many different things until something clicks and it's okay if it takes a while. Um, because I did, I, I tried, I don't know if you've ever heard of class pass. I don't know if it's like a national thing or not, but I I tried so many different, different like workout classes until I found what I loved. And then I did. And so I've never looked back, but I think so many people just think like, oh shoot, like, I don't like any of these things. What am I going to do? Or, or they feel the need to stay um, training as hard as they did in their sport and our bodies like switching it up is good and they need rest. Like we have put them through hell for so long and it's okay to switch it up and even, you know, shorten the length of your workouts. So. Wow. I, I agree with so many points. That's, that's pretty much what I experienced. I was in like the running mode mm-hmm. and then I kind of stopped yeah. and like taking a break now, but definitely like the all or nothing mentality. That's something I definitely can relate to. Like I have to work out three hours or it doesn't count. And that's something I'm still working right. on now. Or like, do you have an Apple watch? I do. <laughs> yeah. Sadly. So like if I don't wear mine, like for a cycle bar class, I used to be like, Oh, now I'm going to go to bed and it's going to say like 200 calories, but I know it's a lot more. So I think a lot of people think like that, like that all or nothing, or like, if you don't wear your watch, it doesn't count. Or 
And I think it just takes like some like unlearning from, you know, being a collegiate athlete and just telling yourself like, okay, but did you sweat? Yes. Like, was your heart rate up? Yes. Or like, did it feel good? Yes. And I think asking yourself those questions is way more beneficial than the watch. Like I actually just did a like watch detox um, because I kept checking it and I was like, oh my gosh, I still have so much like so many more calories, which just to be clear, like are not accurate. Um, and I still have so many more minutes of my goals. And so I was like, I need to take this thing off. Um, and I did. And I listened to my body so much better. Like I was like, am I sore? Yeah. Okay. Maybe let's not go for a five mile run today. Like let's do yoga. And I, I just think it helps you ask yourself questions that, you know, like kind of like intuitive eating, it's kind of like intuitive exercise. So. Wow. I love that. And I've actually found like with the Apple watch, I've been changing my goals each day. So I don't know if that's something you've kind of experienced. No, that's cool. Yeah. I thought about that. It takes work, but like, I'm like, I listen to like, I wake up in the morning and I say like, what do I need to do? And then I kind of adjust it. And I think it's been really helpful. I might adopt that because I always keep mine the same, but I love that because then you're thinking about your day and then like adjusting your goals accordingly. I love that. It's a good idea. So kind of going, so I'm an avid Celsius drinker and I saw in your story literally yesterday about energy drinks. I don't know if you want to talk about that. It's it's a very interesting subject. Yeah. So working in UC athletics and sports nutrition was eye-opening. Sports nutrition is definitely like an area I want to go into. Um, And so that experience was amazing. But in like working in that field, I just found that so many athletes think that they need supplements, first of all. Um, and a lot of the times they only think that because their teammates or random people on Instagram or pro athletes on Instagram are taking them. I would have runners come to me and say, like, how do I have abs like this girl? And it was a professional track athlete. And they were like, is it the supplement she's taking? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, we have so much unpacking to do here. So, like, first of all, no you know, her abs could be because she, you know, one genetics helps with where you keep fat. So like, you know, maybe that's just not where if she had more fat, it would go and that could come into play Two, abs don't necessarily mean that you're going to be an amazing athlete. Um, a lot of times like that means that your performance is going to suffer and, you know, you could lose your period. Like there's so much to go into play there. So after we did a bunch of unpacking, we got to the supplement part of the discussion and they all were telling me like the supplements that they take. And I was just shocked. I was like, you guys, like these aren't third party tested. These are not NSF approved. Um, and they were shocked too. So then we really, we really kind of came together as a team and we're like, okay, we need to do a lot of supplement education. So, um, for our athletes, we downloaded the NSF app and we would scan their supplements to see if they were approved. And then We would also check ourselves to see if they were third-party tested. And that's just because we never want an athlete to randomly get drug tested and then fail because, you know, some guy at the gym told him to take a supplement and he doesn't even know why he's taking it, or she thought that it would make her skinnier. Um, And so I think I saw that a lot, especially with male athletes, just because I think that like bro mentality, you know, like I just... I want to look good. I want to be, I want to be big. I want to perform well. And I would ask them like, why are you taking this supplement? And they would say, Oh, a guy at the gym, like he told me to take it. And I was like, okay, well, you know, who is this guy at the gym? Like chances are his, 
his credentials are not legit. Um, but you know, trying to just not be judgmental, like explain and educate as best I can. Um, but as far as Celsius goes, yeah. So you, you can, um, you can fail a drug test if, if you drink that. Um, but I I also just want to say it's not just Celsius. So caffeine cannot be administered from, um, your sports nutrition department. So like I could never give the athletes caffeine if they want to drink coffee or an energy drink, you know, that's up to them. Um, and I'll say to myself, like being a, a swimmer, like I relied on caffeine, like we fall asleep in class. And I mean, I hate that I, that I relied on it, um, working on it now, but <laughs> I love coffee and that's not to say you can't have it, but I, you need to do research to see how many milligrams of caffeine you can have, um, to one, you know, not fail a drug test. And two, you also don't want those negative side effects. And those are usually seen depending on, you know, your height and weight and tolerance level to caffeine around like 200 to 300 milligrams, which isn't a lot. Um, like a grande coffee from Starbucks is like 150, I think, depending on what you get. And the bang energy drinks are like already up at 300. So like one of those and you probably will be shaking. Um, and so it's not that caffeine is inherently bad. I think it's just, we don't want our athletes to flag a drug test for simply, um, just being uneducated. And so if you want to have like six to eight ounces of coffee a little bit before, before practice, or, you know, you need that 3 PM pick me up, like that's fine. I just would suggest making sure it is NSF approved and third party tested and just always, always, always asking, um, your sports nutrition staff, or if you don't have that, um, like I said, you can probably do a Google search and other sports nutrition staff from other colleges will probably have information for you. But I just think that a lot of times people just go for supplements before food. And so I'm just a huge, huge, huge advocate of the food first approach. Um, it's cheaper, you know, it's less risky and a lot of times it's more sustainable. Um, so that's kind of my approach to it. Yeah. So many, so many good tips. And I loved how you mentioned like going, if you don't have access to like a sports nutritionist, like when you graduate or high school swimmers, um, just like, are there any resources like you mentioned NSF approved? Yeah. Yeah. So that there's an app you can get that's free and you can actually scan, um, the barcode of whatever supplement it is. I will say as a former athlete, it's a little different because I'm not worried about failing a drug test now. You know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, I do want to know what I'm putting in my body. And some of that stuff is scary because they do not have to tell you everything that's in there. And they don't have to tell you if something is missing or um, there's just a lot of kind of sketchiness in the supplement industry because of regulation standards. And they basically don't have to tell you a lot of times what's in there. And that is scary. So on that end of it, it still is helpful to do research, but you're just kind of doing it not to not fail a drug test, but just like for overall health, safety and things like that. Um, but then, yeah, you can, you can, um, a GS is another one. It's a third party tester. Um, and then I would also just say following dietitians, like sports dietitians on Instagram, like it sounds like silly, but they produce great content. And a lot of times they will, um, put out content on supplements and they'll review them for you. Um, or if you have a question, like you can ask them and, and they'll tell you, but I think reaching out to people with the credentials is just the safest and most direct way to go. 
Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. your insight and wisdom. Of course. Where can, where can people find you to connect with you or ask you more questions on this stuff? Yeah. So right now I pretty much just post um, my recipes and I occasionally throw in some sports nutrition facts and knowledge. Um, and I'm hoping that once I'm a dietitian, I will be able to take clients. Um, but for now, yeah, just the recipes and fun sports nutrition facts, but you can find me at Ellen Catherine on Instagram and my last name or not my last name. Sorry. My middle name is K A T H R Y N. Um, but my Instagram handle that was taken. So spell Catherine with three N's at the end. (laughs) I was like, dang, how many Ellen Catherine's are on Instagram, but apparently there's a lot. So yeah, Ellen Catherine with three N's at the end. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was great. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Ellen's contact info will be in the show notes. If you want to follow her, connect with her, you can find her contact info there. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Life After Swim podcast. Until next time.